Kids, now is your, uh, your time to find Miss Kaylee. She's that way. Church, I want to invite you to just pray for me this morning uh, as we get ready to dive into the word. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be ignited by your Holy Spirit and bring glory to you. We ask this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. I neglected something earlier, and I think I missed my window of opportunity. I had a small window, and I think I missed it. It's important that I write notes for myself. Uh, Many of you have been uh, blessed and the recipients of uh, Melody Overin's call into ministry already, and uh, we have an exciting little tidbit of information. She isn't leaving us, but she will be preaching regularly as a local hire in DeWittville starting in July. So you won't see her on Sunday mornings as often. She's going to be moving back and forth a little bit on Sundays. But uh, we're going to commission her in a couple of weeks and we'll invite you to participate in that at our outdoor service uh, to go. But um, if you think about it over the next couple of weeks, be praying for Melody and Dan and the Overend kids as they embark on another chapter in this calling from God on our life. Melody's been an interesting uh, young woman for me to get to know and to work side by side with. She, she's the real deal. When the Lord said go, she said, okay, where? <laughs> she didn't say, I'll go here or here or here. I, I'm just going to go and do whatever it is the Lord is telling me to do. And uh, this is another step in that, and it will give her some opportunities to preach on a regular basis and to uh, fill some needs. And as we, as we dive in today, I want to just invite you to reflect on a couple of things. Last week, Andrew gave a a wonderful challenge, and I wanted to to share, my wife and and daughters and I have been on vacation the last couple of weeks, and it it was because someone said to me, Joe, you need a little rest. Make sure you take it. Several months ago, uh, a friend said, "Uh, the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That's how that usually goes for me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The Lord spoke to me for you. That's a really big uh (laughs) uh-oh. And uh, he began to share a little bit of um, encouragement and words that God had given him just for me. You see, as the church, we become the voice of the living God to other people. And that's the miracle. And his faithfulness sparked something that had been needed. And, uh, you know, I'm just really grateful for the timeliness of the message last week, too. I know that uh, many of you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, At the end of last year, we established that uh, I wanted us to preach through the lectionary this year. And the lectionary is pre-established. It's been around for hundreds of years, if you're a 
If you're a Presbyterian or an Episcopalian or a Wesleyan of some form or a Southern Baptist or an American Baptist, you're familiar with the language of lectionary, but it's uh, a map that takes you through the scriptures over three years. And it, it creates a space for the church to be united on Sunday all across the big church. So while we're working through Acts chapter 16 this week, others all around the world are working through the same sacred text. And it's beautiful. The other thing that's kind of cool about the lectionary is that it's pre-established, right? So the Lord knew that I was going to be away on last Sunday and that Andrew was going to preach a message that was going to speak directly to me at my time when God was ministering to me. It's amazing how God lines that up. I'm like, whew! Each week, uh, Pastor Tom and Pastor Brandon and Melody and myself, the, the preaching team here, get together and we map out kind of what the sermons, the outline of the sermon is going to be like. And uh, we say, okay, well, this is where we see things going. And then we send it back to our own personal desks and our own personal time and study. And we establish what we believe God is saying kind of around this outline. It allows us to be connected together in ways that we haven't been necessarily in the past. I'm just really grateful that God spoke through Andrew to me last week through the story of Lydia. I want to pick up that narrative today, but I thought I'd share a couple of fun facts with you. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's kickoff for summer. Are we ready for summer? It's supposed to be like 85 degrees tomorrow. That's, that's nice in western New York. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to snow, I don't think. Uh, when we went on vacation, we dressed for 85 degrees. We weren't prepared for the snow that we witnessed while we were away. <laughs> it's snowing in other parts of the country right now, just so that you're aware. Uh, they got over a foot of snow in Denver. Or well, south of Denver, Colorado Springs. <laughs> While we were away, that was beautiful. Uh, but a, a couple other things that you might find interesting. There's a Dairy Queen in literally every town, I think. And we found them. <laughs> I ate way too much ice cream. Uh, the open road is a beautiful place to experience some time with the Lord. You don't close your eyes while you're praying and driving, but do talk to God all the time. The mountains... If you've never seen the mountains, um, it's just beautiful. And our Heavenly Father created that for us, to reveal God's self to us, so that we and all of creation might bring him glory. Another thing that Andrew shared that I thought was, man, this was, and I, don't, I wish I could uh, say hello to the youth that he was referencing that was seeking the meaning of life. Remember, that was one of the things that Andrew shared was that one of the youth recently had asked him about the purpose of life, the meaning of life. And what we've found through scripture and through church history over the years is that there's one purpose, is to glorify God. And everything that we do and say to glorify God and to enjoy his company forever. Psalm 84 was my launching text for our time away. Psalm 84. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the kingdom of God and the presence of God in all of creation. You know, it's good to unplug and reset sometimes. Um, it's also good to come back. I missed you. You don't necessarily fully understand that sometimes, but when you're called to be the pastor of a church, I have a deep connection with each of you that you don't necessarily understand with me. And that's okay. 
but I missed you. It's good to be here with you today. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. We're going to pick up the story uh, of the early church after uh, Lydia's conversion. Remember, Lydia was found down by the river bathing, and uh, she and her whole household were converted to the faith. They were baptized. Praise God for that. And we're going to pick up that narrative, but there's a couple of backstory pieces you probably should know as we dive in. And this all ties in today, because really, freedom is going to be our, our primary focal point. And it's amazing how God orchestrates this. It's amazing how God lines these things up. Pause just for a moment. I just realized something else that I missed. I just want to give a special shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Boardman. Chase and Caroline, could you stand up just for a minute? This is our newest married couple. Yeah. They were married at 4.35 p.m. on Friday. I know there was an Aiken wedding here. It wasn't an Aiken wedding. Well, an Aiken was part of the wedding on Saturday, but I don't see them here this morning. But uh, Chase and Caroline are here with us, so make sure you congratulate them and give them your best advice as married couples. You're welcome. (laughs) The Apostle Paul uh, is navigating some difficult stuff. And we're going to see that. And I want to ask you a question to kind of launch us. It's, it's this. It's uh, what is robbing you of experiencing freedom? Okay? You can think about that for a moment. And I want to answer with a follow-up question of what are you willing to do to ensure someone else's freedom? At what lengths would you go to to ensure someone else's freedom? Those are really at the heart of the text that we're looking at today. It really is all about freedom, and it's not freedom for ourselves. It's freedom in Christ that Jesus might be glorified. And um, last week, Andrew introduced us to Lydia. We also gave him that text. uh, You know, Tom and I weren't here to navigate all those difficult cities and names We let Andrew do that. Ours is much easier today. But I want to share with you from Acts chapter 16. It's kind of a a lengthy one, so uh, it'll be on the overheads. It's on page 784 in the the Pew Bibles. But um, it begins, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, underline that, by the way, that's a really significant thing. The early church was in the habit of going to the place of prayer. That's also what they were doing last week when Andrew preached. They were going to the place of prayer on the Sabbath day, it says, Uh, Verse 13 says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. That's an exorcism, by the way. Demonic spirits do possess people in the 21st century. I have been present when the Lord has exorcised people, human beings, of demonic spirits. I've been the the conduit that God has used twice for that. Also would say that this uh, young woman, you notice what she is doing. She's fortune-telling. Fortune-telling is always demonic. I'll be very clear about that. The Greek words here are pneuma python. 
Okay, that's the Greek word, pneuma meaning spirit, python meaning divination or future telling. And it's always demonic. We live near one of the largest spiritualist um, centers in east of the Mississippi. It's a really dangerous place. And I want to be very clear about something else. The young woman was possessed, possessed by the spirit. The young woman was not the problem. The spirit was. I have many friends who uh, frequent Lilydale. That's not a place you should be going, church. You want to know about who you are? You seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's it. We don't talk to the dead. We don't summon the dead. That is never of God. The scriptures make that crystal clear. And it opens the door for a lot of problems. And I know that many of us long for that. Talk to me about it. Talk to Pastor Tom about it. Talk to someone who is mature in the faith about it. We'll walk with you through that. But it's never good. You notice what else was happening, that men had enslaved this woman for their benefit. They were parading her around to gain profit. It says, when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone... They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. It says they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. Is that what Paul and Silas were doing? They didn't tell the authorities that these guys cast a spirit out of the woman that we were wrongfully owning. They didn't tell them that. They tried to stir up dissension in the city, didn't they? Sounds like other people that we've heard about in Scripture over the last several months. says they were advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. That is a lie. That is not what Paul and Silas were doing. They exercised a demon from a slave girl. He goes on to say, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. See how quickly people turn against you? <laughs> it happens fast. It says, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, that means beaten with rods, basically, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. You need a, a little bit of a graphic picture to understand what that kind of looks like. The inner cell is like the, the worst place to be. Remember, they were beaten and flogged. Some of you know about um, our human body. We know that when we're bleeding and stuff, unsanitary places are not the place we should be. They did nothing to tend to their wounds. They were hoping that they would actually receive an infection and die in prison. That'd be the best scenario. By the way, uh, they stripped them, meaning they took them out naked for humiliation. They flogged them because they were taking out of their hide the cost of what they cost those other two businessmen who owned a slave girl. Their end result was going to be death. for exercising a demon and setting a young woman who was bound in captivity free. It was not a place I would want to be. I've thought about some of the most difficult places I've been and it, it's not even, like, you don't even mention it compared to this. 
and I whine and I complain sometimes. Is anybody else pretty good at grumbling? <laughs> oh, the weather. Not just about our situation, right? Uh, it says about midnight. Remember, they were beaten, flogged, thrown in the darkest prison spot, and their feet were bound. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Underline that. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. It's very important to notice a couple of things right here. First, earthquakes were regular occurrences in that area. It was a seismic fault area. So earthquakes were not uncommon, okay? But you need to notice that Luke made a very important detail to say that the chains weren't broken because of the earthquake. God will use any situation for God's glory. Any situation. Significant and seemingly insignificant to offer freedom to the world. To reveal God's self, he will use absolutely any situation. The jailers were charged with overseeing the prisoners. Roman law said that if the jailer uh, allowed the prisoners to escape, the jailer would then be the one that would be um, punished the way the prisoner was to be punished. Does that make sense? So if I let you go and you're supposed to be flogged, well, then I get flogged. If I let you go and you're supposed to die, well, then guess what happens to me, the jailer? I die. Okay, it was kind of Rome's way of securing the deal that these jailers were going to do their job really well. So you can imagine what takes place next after all of the people in jail experienced the great jailbreak. Uh, he says to himself, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? To be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your entire household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night... Remember, it was midnight. That hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and then immediately he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy. Just before that, he was going to kill himself. Don't let that escape you. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple of things that I want to call to your attention as we kind of work through this, and then I want to give you a couple of pieces of instruction. The first goes back to Lydia, and I know we didn't read that text today. 
It's very important to understand that sometimes when we read the scriptures, and this is, this is for all, this is not something they taught me in seminary, okay? They just helped to equip me to be able to read the scriptures and then to equip you to be able to read the scriptures. Uh, I don't hold the corner market. No clergy person holds the corner market on the scriptures. We are all priests, or the priesthood of all believers, okay? But one of the things that's really important is when you're reading the scripture to maybe highlight things that don't make a whole lot of sense to you and then ask some questions like, why is that there? Why on earth was Lydia identified as a woman with purple cloth? Well, that was the indication that she was a woman of great wealth and great stature. Do you see the juxtaposition between Lydia and then this slave girl, the poorest of the poor? Jesus spares no expense for anyone. Whether you are on polar ends of the socioeconomic spectrum, whether culture has divided you by political parties, whatever division there may be, the Lord breaks through all of that, offering freedom. Freedom only in Christ Jesus. Only in Christ Jesus. I've already shared with you a little bit about the divination or the spirit of future telling and how we need to as Christians really be mindful of that and avoid that at all costs. And I know that I'm, I'm probably getting onto a, a, a little bit of a, of a tender spot at times. That means we don't read the newspaper and look for our horoscopes. Please don't do that. That's not what God-fearing people do, Okay? We look to the scriptures for our source of information, our source of life. Jesus said that he is the light of the world. We are the light of the world, he said too, right? We go to the scriptures and we go to each other. Also, your your trouble that you might be navigating right now, whatever that might be, Many of you have invited me into the sacred space of sharing what that is. Whatever it is, your trouble is an opportunity for the testimony of God's grace to be told. Paul and Silas, let's just go back to these two for a moment. Paul and Silas, they had done nothing wrong, they were just doing their thing, preaching the gospel. And then all of a sudden, they were going to die. That's pretty significant trouble. I start complaining when I get a hangnail. They could have chosen a million different responses. They could have chosen to just sit there and moan and groan because of the pain that their body was being afflicted with. The early church understood something that the present day church needs to grab a hold of. That when we're suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a good thing. It says, praise God for my sufferings, Paul said. I thank God for them because suffering produces perseverance. It enables us to navigate the difficulties in life. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Paul maps that out for you in Romans chapter 5. And hope, when it is made complete, will not disappoint us. So I want to invite you, whatever it is that you are navigating today that is robbing you of freedom, that's the trouble spot, right? That's the sticky spot for you. I want to invite you to lay that down because my guess is you have tried everything in your power to get out of that situation. 
God wants to use your situations for his glory to offer freedom to others who are bound. We see that mapped out very clearly in Paul and Silas. I have a 24-hour challenge for you. It's really simple. It's not really simple. The instructions are simple. It's going to be very difficult to do. For the next 24 hours, make a commitment that you're not going to grumble about anything. I'm serious. No grumbling. You get to the party tomorrow and the chicken's overcooked. No grumbling. Right? That's minor. You get a phone call that you don't want to navigate, no grumbling. You get a relationship encounter that's really difficult, no grumbling. No grumbling for 24 hours. But instead, give praise to God. It doesn't say that they were praising God for their situation. It says they were praising God and singing hymns. Another fun fact, I was wondering what hymns they were singing. Scripture doesn't tell us, so we don't really know. Maybe it was Amazing Grace. That came along much later. Much, much later. Maybe it was the old rugged cross. What hymn would you choose to sing in the midst of your suffering? Be Thou My Vision. What hymn of the faith would you choose to sing? How great thou art. Great is thy faithfulness. No grumbling for 24 hours. And see how God uses that to release the captives. The byproduct of Paul and Silas's choice to not grumble and not complain was that all of the prisoners that were with them were set free. The prisoners did absolutely nothing. But when we experience freedom and we allow God to use our troubles and turn them into testimony, freedom has a ripple effect. A ripple effect. Over 1.2 million, 1.2 million men and women have lost their lives to war for our freedom in the United States of America. 1.2. Praise God for those men and women who gave everything. Freedom has a cost and it also has a ripple effect. The greatest tragedy in our, in our soil was 620,000 of Americans died as they killed each other. 2% of the population at the time. Freedom has a huge price. But once you grab a hold, it has a ripple effect like a pebble in a pond that goes beyond your understanding. Those men and women who laid down their life, some of them you knew probably. Others had no idea who you were or who you are. You weren't even thought of. I wasn't even a, <laughs> I wasn't anywhere near being formed. Freedom, when it's manifest, has a ripple effect. Notice something, too. This is the difference between the, the Lord and uh, humanity. 
It's all about Jesus. All of it. The jailer, when he had been, <laughs> when he came to his senses, I, I, can, I, I put myself in the text. I would encourage you to do that. Put yourself there. Allow the scriptures to come to life for you. Ask the, the spirit of the living God to, to minister to you as you read them. I can almost hear the metal in the sheath, on the, the, the grinding as he pulled the sword out. I can almost hear Paul's response, no, wait, please. I can almost hear it. That jailer knew something was different about these two wackadoos that others had said were causing an uprising, that he believed that. The church needs to look different than the culture the church looks exactly the same as the culture, what is the culture going to change to? Paul and Silas were faithful. They didn't say, let us go. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I also want to give you a little nugget of insight right here. Parents, I'm talking to you right now. Okay? Young men, young women who someday will be parents, listen very carefully. Your actions and your responses to life do dictate and help with that outcome of your children's. I'm not saying this. Scripture says to this Philippian jailer, you and your family will be saved. Your response has a ripple effect. To the gospel, not just to those that you love so dearly, but to those that you don't know that you are called to love so dearly also. One last little nugget of information and a little challenge for you. So the first challenge is no grumbling for 24 hours. The second, be like the Philippian jailer. Did you catch what he did? Did you catch it in the text? Be like that guy. It says the moment, the moment they said that to him, it says they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. You see, you know, we know your fruit by how you live. When you've been changed by the gospel, you begin to do good things. When Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the immediate byproduct is service to other human beings. Remember, he didn't care about them. We're talking a couple of hours, people. Radical conversion, and then all of a sudden, immediately into service, began to care for them. Then he fed them. Be like that guy. Allow the grace that you have received from your Lord Jesus Christ to be put into action for somebody else so that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Church, God loves you. He spared no expense. If you're here today for the first time and 
or if you're here today for the fill in the blank, you need to know this. Repent of your sins and believe the good news that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, that God loves you, desires intimate relationship with you, wants to free you from the burden and the captivity of sin. It doesn't mean that every difficult situation you'll be removed from. But it means that even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is there with us. And his rod and his staff will comfort us. And he'll prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But God is there with us so that he might be glorified in every situation. It's all about Jesus. All of it. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Father, I pray for that man or that woman this morning who has heard the gospel this morning and is, is compelled to respond in action. Who maybe feels like that they're at their end of the rope and they can't do anything else, Lord. I pray that right now they would know that they would hear the word, stop. God loves you. Repent of your sins and believe the good news and be saved. And experience the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. God, I pray for that person this morning. Lord, I pray that you would work in the lives of your church today to ignite us in ways like we've never experienced before, that we might go and as we celebrate freedom as a nation, that we might go and celebrate freedom in Christ and give you glory and honor. Lord, that you would loose our lips to testify of your goodness and grace, that you would bind our lips if we're, if we're prone to, to grumble or complain. But God, that you might receive the glory that your church and your kingdom might expand on earth, that your will might be done here as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.